Welcome back. This is episode 26 of I Guess We'll Do It That Way. If you're just joining us for the first time, this is a show where I call John and we talk to each other about my progress as I direct my first feature film. We also talk, we mostly talk about other things. The show is presented by Mama Bear Studios. Mama Bear's mission is to create entertaining works of art that explore our humanity. Okay, here's episode 26. there i'm here you know what i'm looking at right now what's that our stats Nuh-uh. we got stats yeah we got stats we got stats on stats 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 tell me about our stats they're bad really no they're fine they're good um we had uh yeah we we had our biggest week ever but i think it's partly because there was a delay in iTunes publishing an episode, so we had like three episodes come out in one week. So I think that's uh, why our numbers are good. Hmm. But you sound disappointed. Yeah. Well, I just why? wish we had like 60,000 weekly downloads, you know? As opposed to six? We're in the six range for sure. <laughs> We're closing in on seven, though. You know, we 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 talked a little bit, but it ended up being kind of the the chunk of the episode that didn't make the cut um Uh-oh. we talked we talked last time about how many people listen to the show i said on right. air and then i cut it so no one knows yeah, good. right 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 no one knows i didn't cut just that part there was like a whole chunk of like a big long diatribe that we went on that mm-hmm. uh, that we decided didn't fit but everyone right now is thinking a big long diatribe what do you mean isn't that oh, the whole this show is when you were going nuts about armenia and you were saying that you you weren't sure it was a bad thing that the genocide happened, all that oh. stuff. You cut all that out? Oh, cut it out for a reason. <laughs> Got to cut this out, too. John, what is the latest? Oh, man, just um, just living the dream. It's mm. like 20 degrees outside. Ew. In Chattanooga, it's so cold. Uh, no snow, Tidious. but super cold. Tidious. Hideous. Spent all night reading about uh, the coming ice age and how global warming is is a hoax, and in fact, we're headed for an ice age. Oh, uh, did you? What? Uh, okay. Yep. Um, so <laughs> okay. I'm getting prepared. I'm getting the kerosene heater. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Storing oh, water so in the basement. They're, they're saying you might live to see the ice age. I'm gonna live to see the glacier like come over the top of Lookout Mountain. Wow. Does According it? to some guy on Reddit. You know what I did? I, I also stayed up late. <clears throat> yeah? Uh, yeah, you know what I was watching was an Amazon show. Guess what Amazon show I was watching? I don't know what Amazon shows there are. Uh, wait a minute. Is there a famous actress in it? No. Ugh, I have no clue. It was called Grand Prix. Well, I think that's what it was called. It was about Formula One racing. <laughs> Oh really? Was it good? It's not the kind of thing I usually watch. Um, it was I. Why did basically, you basically? Well, I've always been really curious about racing. I'm a very, I'm a, an extremely casual. I mean, so extreme that I can count on two hands the number of races, like Formula One races I've ever watched. But I do like it. I think it's very cool. I like cars. One day, if I make enough money, I could see myself getting into cars a little bit, not like on a freakish way, but like I almost, I, so I bought a new car actually. I bought a 2000 Subaru Outback. Right. And they race those, right? No. <laughs> I don't know. No, they did. Well, I guess race them to soccer games. Yeah. Something like that. It's a great car. It's all wheel drive, super cheap. Yeah. Low mileage. Great car. What do you pay for a 2000 Subaru Outback? Guess. Three grand, dude! You hit the nail on the head. Exactly three thousand dollars. Yeah, and then I paid one hundred dollars for a very nice Thule rooftop carrier and a ski rack, which were on a different Subaru Thule. Yeah, I only know that. I only know that because yeah, I know everybody thinks it's Thule. It's Thule, I think, and I only Uh know that because I talked to someone about installing a roof rack on a different car that I owned sometime in the past. And yeah, they seemed to know what they were talking about. And they said Thule. Anyway, so I was watching Formula One racing. Oh, yeah. no, but I almost bought 
I was really, really, really close to pulling the trigger instead on a 2004 Subaru WRX, which is mm-hmm. their kind of like... It's like a sportier. It's a very sporty... It's like a street version of their kind of racing rally car. It's right. not insane, but I drove it and... Ooh, baby. It was it was fun. It was great. And this is maybe more like seven grand. This one had really low mileage. Yes, in general, this one had really low mileage, and so it was like ten, I think. Okay. Um, but again, for a great car, I mean, it, I ended up not doing it because I was like, oh, I don't want to spend that kind of money on a car that I'm just going to drive around sure. town. But, oh, baby, you start it up, and it's like... <clears throat> You know, it's kind of like that kind of car, and it's like... That's going to sound so sick, stuck in traffic in uh, California, sitting there on the highway for like yeah, four hours. exactly. As a wildfire approaches from behind, you're going to oh, be sitting drive there, off your road. car's going to sound so sick. You're going to be Take crammed in there, road, bro. baby. No, you're, no, you're right. jammed and, and gridlock. Totally. No, you're right. I mean, that's kind of why... That's a big reason why I didn't do it, but... You oh, made the dude, right call. Driving a super fast car is uh, real fun. Real fun. Anyway... Driving is, I'm just, you know, I drive my kids to school every morning, and all I think about is how close we all are to dying. Mm, mm -hmm. That's the only thing, like when a a mom- Unfortunately, that's about all I think about, too. There's like a mom staring at her phone, like looking at her lipstick in the mirror, changing lanes without looking, and there's like a truck going 70 miles an hour behind her. Mm -hmm. I mean, every second is just total calamity. You know what's you know what's funny though, John. I I do want to finish this Formula One story because it's actually kind of relevant to this episode. But the you know it's funny. I have some friends from China, and so I was telling you that our neighborhood is is highly popular. It's very heavily populated with with Asian immigrants of all types. People have been here a long time. Recent, our landlord is Asian. Um, Anyway, it was funny because my friends, my my Asian friends, when we moved over here, they live in the same area. They're like, yeah, it's really great. Um, the one problem that that comes up a lot, though, is t- t- people really suck at driving over here. <laughs> oh, uh oh, we're gonna get some letters. <laughs> I was like, all right, I guess you're allowed to say that. And uh, yeah. I was, it was, it was hilarious. Anyway, um, okay, so I'm watching this Formula One show. It basically is this doc series that follows the McLaren comp- uh, McLaren F1 team. Uh, yeah, I sat during in their 2001. Did you? Yeah, in Indonesia they had a they That's had cool. a McLaren showroom and me and Junior, little Lukey, sat mm. in this McLaren and they were not thrilled about it. Mm. They were very it's protective. Like, okay, okay, get out. Yeah, you yeah. obviously don't have money. Leave. Yeah, they sell for like a million dollars. But the um Oh, so anyway, they follow the McLaren team as they're as they're the, basically what happens is every year they redesign the car and rebuild it and they kind of design it for the driver you know it's this Mm. whole team it's a team sport anyway these guys are building these cars that go 200 miles an hour and you would think like this is the coolest job of all time Mm. it looks kind of not great like it no one seemed to be having fun i think is the is the bottom line like Mm. no one involved no one seemed to be having fun like the engineers this is not any sort of prejudice against nerds, but all the engineers are just total nerds. They're they're just like dork guys who, granted, are incredibly smart, but they're all just super stressed all the time. They're always behind schedule and not in that like reality TV way where mm-hmm. it's like, oh my God, we got to get the motorcycle out the door. No, 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 no. Like in a, this is kind of a cutthroat industry because there's only like, 10 competitive formula one teams and keeping your job is very hard because it's like a, it's like being the head coach of a football team. Like if you don't win, you get fired period. And all these guys are so stressed and they don't seem like they're having any fun, including the driver. Cause half the year he's just training and literally like sitting in a fake car and figuring out like if his elbows have enough room to move while he's driving this car at 180 miles an hour. Anyway, it sounds bad to you because it's 
it's it's something that you're sort of interested in, but it's not something that you've dedicated your life to. Mm-hmm. But that guy, Jimmy Dingus, who's sitting in that that fake race car practicing all day, like this is what he's wanted to do since he was a little kid. He's amazing at it. He's right, getting but... to do it. He's getting paid a billion dollars a year. He, no, he, see, but that's the thing. He's not even probably getting paid that much because right. I mean, he probably has like sponsorships and stuff. But like, he's doing fine. He's doing. He, oh, and yeah, what is he going to do? This Go guy work lives at, in like, like an Monte insurance Carlo. company. No way. Well, I actually wonder. I mean, I think. Well, here's here's what made me think this sucks. One of the guys, one of the racers, he's won a couple times. He he literally said on camera. He said, mm. "The only thing that matters in my whole life is winning." Yeah, that's a direct quote. Yeah, that sucks, dude. <laughs> Anyway, the 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 whoa. <laughs> but whoa, um, whoa, 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 but but hold up here. You yeah, would say yeah, yeah. what would you say right now is the most important thing in your life? Boil it down to a sentence. Don't don't mm. ramble, Zay. Rain it in mm. here for one second and just give me one sentence. What's the most important thing in your life? Let's say like want ca- to... career-wise. Say career-wise. Well, see, but this guy wasn't saying career-wise. He was saying there is no separation. Career-wise, you, you could look at it that way. You un, you could give it an uncharitable. Trust me, dude. This guy, I saw it in his eyes. Okay. This guy. Well, then only you answer the question about winning. You answer the question. What's simple? Do I? Is it career-wise or in general? Eh, fine. Let's open it up. Whole life. What's the I most mean? Important? In general, it isn't my career. I don't know right. if I can okay. just boil it down to a sentence, but it isn't my career. I'd walk okay. away. All I would right. walk away. Yeah. Okay. I, I really can honestly say that. I believe you. I know you. I think you would for sure. You don't know me. You don't know my mind. Um, <laughs> so true. But the but no, I just listeners do. Dude, one fun fact about Formula One cars. Guess you are you familiar with engines at all? Tiny bit. Okay, so for instance, I think my Outback. I'm pretty sure it has like a 2.1 liter engine. Maybe okay. I think like a V4. Yeah. Um, it's like a two liter ish. Okay. Okay. I don't really know. Guess what how means. big? Uh, it, it's the displacement of like the. Oil, I guess. I don't know, dude. I don't even know. I just know that it affects the size. I, John, I hear you. Would I, I you. would I be talking about this if I actually knew anything about it? That's of why I'm giggling, and this is par for the course, baby. I know exactly. Gotta but talk um, about brain surgery later. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, so wow, we are so deep into this episode, and we're still talking about Formula One. I'd like to apologize to everyone. I promise, this is a rollers heavy episode, starting mm-hmm. in about one and a half minutes. Mm-hmm. You just got to get um, the wheels turning by talking about Formula ooh, One. Ooh, baby. Uh, okay, so my Outback is let's two say liters. it's a two liter. Okay. Yeah. Um, uh, a I had a Jeep Cherokee in high school that was a four liter. Okay. V- yeah. No, a, an inline six. It's a bigger okay, number. Which Sounds it's like it's number. something more. And it guess how many liters a Formula One car engine displacement is. I'm going to say they're 24. 1.6. Huh? 1.6. Dude, a Formula One car engine is smaller than hmm. the engine on my car. Uh, hmm. And they generate all that. Okay, they generate. No, they generate all the power because they go at like triple the number of RPMs, and so it's a super ultra high compression engine that moves. That basically, you know, the pistons. The pistons move about three times as fast, Mm, and so it generates significantly more. uh, You know torque and power and horsepower all that kind of crap i don't know what i'm talking about isn't that wild though you would think they'd be huge they also get about three miles to the gallon oh boy and they they burn like it's race fuel yeah yeah it's so expensive you know i drove by speaking of which maybe this is why i was into formula one i drove by a gas station yesterday in pasadena that was selling race fuel oh wow and guess how much it was don't guess too high it's not that high <laughs> well, a gallon in California right now is probably what like th- it's a, it's got to be over three bucks, right? Mm, yeah, it's like three ninety nine, depending uh, on where you are. It's a really lot. it's like yeah, two fifty here, dude. It's a lot, dude. California uh, two, sucks. No, it's two seventy five here. Um, so if it's three ninety nine, four bucks a gallon, six fifty a gallon for race fuel. Nine fifty. Dang. Yeah. Don't drive a McLaren, guys. Um. Anyway, okay. Where How I'm much going of that do you think they're selling? How many McLarens? No. Well, how here's much, how much race fuel? Oh, I have no idea. I don't know why they'd be selling it. I mean, unless you have to put race fuel in, like, a lot of people. Maybe Porsches take race fuel. I doubt it, though. Okay, where I was going with this, two hmm. things. <laughs> One, another fun fact. 
Um, a Formula One team costs an automotive company. You know, all these companies have their own teams as basically advertising. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, a competitive, a normal Formula One team costs about ninety to one hundred and ten million dollars a year. Jeez. A but most of that, if they succeed, is in prize money made back in prize money. I mean, it's business. You know, it's made back. It's like it's made back in prize money and sponsorships. A competitive Formula One team is more like one hundred and eighty to two hundred million dollars a year. But here's another interesting thing about that. That's like the size of a medium size Hollywood blockbuster. Isn't that kind of crazy? That's true. Yeah. Right. Anyway, million, okay, John. $2 million budget is not crazy for a big movie, right? No, especially when you factor in marketing. Okay. Right. Here's where I was really going with this though, John. Mm. I then watched a bunch of helmet cam footage of uh, Formula One races. Okay. It's so batshit insane dude does this show from <laughs> it's so crazy this basically is like a pov what the guy in the yeah. car is seeing okay it's oh, so insane how fast these guys drive so fast so close oh my gosh like literally less than eight inches a lot of times when right. they're passing because the 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 the, the roads they're usually i was watching one in monte carlo the road is so narrow mm-hmm. that there's only a few places on the track where you can pass on a straightaway. Usually you've got to pass people in turns because the road is literally not even really wide enough for two cars next to each other. It's that's and they're insane. like, it's so absolutely crazy. And they will go from zero. Like this guy was doing these neck exercises. They'll go uh-huh. from like zero, zero to like 120 in like four and a half seconds. Wow. It's Yikes. so absolutely crazy. Anyway, it reminded me a lot of making a movie because I'm finally getting to the point where it is still fun for me, but it's getting making a movie's hard, dude. <laughs> it's um, it's getting real for you, my dude, isn't it? Well, where are you at right now? I I just have so many things to do. Um, well, I made a list because yeah. I'm I I just have a lot. I'm gonna read through the list really quick. Okay. Um, I'm researching music that we can potentially license. Um, I've had a bunch of calls with my music supervisor, my post-production supervisor, and my composer where we're all kind of getting on the same page about there's sort of four different buckets of music. There's like music that's being composed original for the film that needs to be done before we shoot because it's involved in the movie. And then there's music that needs to be composed for the film that's more like score then there's right. live performances, and a couple of those are going to be original compositions, and then a couple are going to be bands that we find. So I'm researching which bands we can use. That's amb- that. That sounds ambitious. Yeah, and then there's also some licensed music, and then I'm uh, making lists of actors. I've got a little bit of a bummer of an update. Our casting director had to bow out of the project last week because basically she had two other. Um, big TV shows that sort of at the last second kind of blew up and she had to recast them very last minute because, again, mm. this is always really last minute. So she yeah. had to step off, which really sucks. And I think we're going to find somebody else soon. But in the sure. meantime, I'm literally just, it. yeah, I'm just like, I mean, that's a whole <laughs> thing, but I'm like g- figuring out, I'm going through rosters of agencies and literally just making lists and trying to figure out who we can reach out to. Um, we're also making offers to a couple actors, which is its own process. I'm interviewing production designers. I'm interviewing assistant directors. I'm researching lenses because we're going to shoot on certain type of lenses and I'm still trying to figure out which ones we can get a good deal on and will also sort of achieve the purposes we're going for. I'm interviewing editors, talking to costume designers as well. I'm doing, I'm researching, oh dude, I found this, my uh, Bryce, who was on last week for my birthday, got me this book of, uh, a photography book by a woman named Alex Prager. Whoa, dude, you got to look this chick up. She is so we'll, we'll come back to Alex Prager because she's okay. blowing my freaking mind. All right. I'm, Never heard uh, of her. This sounds sounds good. I'm looking for parking lots near the venue so that we can park all of our production vehicles. I'm obviously producing the podcast still. Huh? Um, I, yeah, I'm setting up the Mama that? Bear offices at our new house. I've got I'm sitting nice. in it right now. We've got the office. I've got some blankets that I can put up and down to like kind of soundproof the room, uh, a bunch of other stuff. Um, we're producing a short film 
um, which I told you about a horror short that we're going to be producing, which we're going to try to turn into feature. I'm like opening a bunch of bank accounts because all these different projects have their own bank accounts and LLCs. Oh, man. I need to do a pass on the script. Um, and then I'm building out a slightly different version of the director's deck that I can use to pitch product placement sponsors like Fender and other types of people. Yeah. There's a handful of other random boring things. And then this is extra fun. Greta, my director of photography, is arriving in Los Angeles in seven minutes. She's supposed to land oh, in seven minutes. And then whoa. she's coming out. We're going to scout the venue. We're going to go to some rental houses, look at some gear. Needless to say, shout out to Greta. It sounds like you got a lot of women on this project. Working I'm working on, project. on it. I'm working on it. That's good. I like working with non-white dudes whenever possible. You know <laughs> why? Because you're a white dude. Well, you just gotta reach out. You know, you gotta, you gotta like, yeah, you gotta you, dig. Yeah, sometimes you need a special touch. Mm-hmm. Um. Anyway, so I'm getting to that point where. I'm doing all of those things. And those are not like things I need to do before the movie gets made. Those are things that are like things I need to do in the next 10 days. This doesn't sound like things you need to do. It sounds like stuff you are doing. Yeah. It's, I mean, but it's, it's not like what I, my point is, it's not tasks that are sort mm -hmm. of spread out over the course of the yeah, movie. This is a lot to do. It's kind of like dominoes. These are, those are each effectively kind of categories of things, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I'm trying to get organized. It's um, it's hard though, man, because you know part of what I'm realizing about being a director, and I knew this because I've directed before, but part of what I'm realizing about directing a feature film is that a it is hard, and I'm now realizing every single day I'm realizing in a deeper way why it is so rare to make a borderline flawless movie. You know what I mean? There's just yeah. Every single second of movie that you watch that that works um, is the culmination of so many hours of, of effective decision making, you know, because you're constantly choosing one person over another person or one place over another place or one. You know, I had, to, I, I had to change something in the script last night to get rid of two minor characters who were going to end up costing us a ton of money because of X, Y and Z. And you have to make that decision and be like is this going to compromise the movie or is the money that we save to then spend on something else worth it? And at the end of the day, none of those single decisions are going to kill you, but the culmination of all of them will either make or break you, you know? Right. Yeah. But, but you take out two minor characters in this movie, right? I mean, does that dramatically change? Like, did you, how much of this thing do you have to rewrite then? Well, some, I mean, I, cause I got to figure out, those characters were there for a reason, right? You know, and I got to figure out um, how to sort of do the work of those characters through other things, you know, because they represent some thematic value. And um, I don't know yet. You know, I got to get into the script, which I don't have time for. <laughs> oh no! I mean, I will. Yeah. I will have time for it, but you know. But these are like. It's like a necessary sacrifice, I guess, in a way, right, to make a better finished product. Yes, exactly. That's the thing is I'm I'm weighing I'm weighing the options. You know, Tara, being a great producer, came to me and said, Look, these two characters, there were two kids in the movie. Okay. Mm -hmm. I love kids. But mm -hmm. she's like, These two kids, they're gonna kill you, Isaiah, because this Tara is a tight does schedule. Not love kids. No, Tara loves kids in the real world, not on camera. Um, sorry, I just bumped my mic. So Tara comes to me and she says, Zay, I got some bad news, bro. If we book, if we have kids in this movie, we can do it. But if we have kids in this movie, we have to hire a tutor. Even if they're there for two days, we have to what? hire a tutor because they have to, they cannot miss school. Right. They can only work eight hours. They, we also have to pay an officially licensed child minder who is licensed by the government to basically make sure that we're not like abusing these kids in terms of work laws. Those people are very expensive. And if we don't like, let's say we don't get a shot, we can't like push lunch by 10 minutes. You know, mm -hmm. we can't they do all these things at 12. Yeah, exactly. And it's all that kind of stuff that thanks a lot. California. Give these, me a break. Yeah. He's taking kids. money out of what the pockets to, of children. What happened to the good old days? 
Seriously. when kids could work 14-hour days in, in a coal a, mine. A, yeah. What? I've said put this before. Meat on my your wife, chest, you know what I mean? Like get my, some 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 hair going on those chins. Get some backbone. My wife showed me this picture from like a history Instagram and it was a 9-year-old kid in a mm-hmm. coal mine with a coal mining hat on, a pickaxe, and he was smoking a pipe. No. I swear to God, I'm going to find that it. Poor I'm kid. Send it to you. And he, you know what? He didn't look that bad. I mean, he looked like older than I am, uh-huh. but he was nine years old. And they work like 14 Whoa. hours a day in this coal mine, dude. Whoa. And I looked at my son, who is the exact same age, and he, that kid would not survive 13 hours alone. Yeah. Like my son. He's nine years. I mean, Ooh, maybe. Oh, man. But, wow. but like most kids that age now. They could not last an hour outside by themselves. Dude, that's intense. I heard on a podcast yesterday that the average American child— Real quick, 14 hours. People throw numbers like that around. 14 hours is 8 a.m. to 10 p.m. Yeah, it's a lot, man. You know, people are like, I work at 80-hour week. I'm like, no, you don't, you idiot. They gave him a 12-minute nap, dude, somewhere in that, so it's not that bad. Holy smokes, dude. That poor yeah. kid. We got it real good, John. Oh, life is so great. Woo, we got it good. We have it really good. Oh, yeah. my gosh. I heard that on a kid podcast. Probably, I mean, not that kid probably died by 30, right? I mean, he had Oh, to. for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For Ooh, sure. Most people did. Ooh, baby. Life expectancy was low, low, low. Oh, uh, man. Dude, I heard on a podcast that the average American Just child. Just for some damn coal, you know? Coal's important. Man, fuck those people. <laughs> not the I kid going... fuck the guy who makes that kid work seriously fuck those guys that sucks well you say that but the we don't have the country today without all that crazy shit back well, then do we, yeah but john let me ask you this do we need the country that we have it's a shit show uh i mean life is so easy for everybody i know for, for most people i mean even if you have it bad right now it's pretty good i know you know if you're know, on welfare in some cost, city you know uh, I mean, everybody's going to die. I'm glad they all died and did that so we can chill. I guess. Like, makes relatively, you know? It kind of yeah, ruins the fun sad. of it, though. It spoils it. The Okay, I'm going to try this again. Fourth time's the charm, baby. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> the yeah, average... Sorry, sorry, sorry. No, 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 don't, don't be. The average American child goes outside less than the average... Maximum security inmate in prison. Nuh-uh. Yeah. 70 minutes is how long in a maximum security inmate must go outside every day. And Whoa. apparently the average American kid is outside less than 70 minutes a day. Whoa. Whoa. Pretty nuts, dude. It was. I heard this on uh, Sam Harris's podcast. He was interviewing this doctor who was talking about depression. Whoa! And he John. was saying that going outside is a huge part of uh, combating depression and having wow. ownership in whatever thing that you're doing in your life. So if you're a janitor but you own the business and you're calling the shots, you're much mm. less likely to be depressed than. Some guy who's making like two hundred and fifty thousand at a corporation where he's just like a drone. Whoa, dude! You it's know what's intense, partly dude. so surprising about that whole thing? Hmm. Seventy minutes, like I bet most kids don't go outside for more than twenty. Oh yeah. I mean, when you put it like that, that's intense, dude. Yeah, I don't think it's great. I mean, I don't think Oof. it's great for us. Some of the happiest like times of my life, I spent my entire summer like outdoors camping, you know, mm. and it was it's good for you. Man. It really changes the you. You know, the, the Japanese talk about tree bathing or forest bathing, I think is what they call it. Hmm. Um, yeah. You just go out in the woods and yeah. Well, speaking of which, you know, so speaking of how busy things are with the movie. Yeah. I'm also I'm trying to think about how to stay in the zone, you know, and I'm trying to think about how to stay fresh and not get sick of this thing and enjoy it. And uh, I had a fun idea. I keep bumping my mic. And I had a fun idea the other day that I uh, that I'm curious what you think about. I yeah. think that the best way to prep this prep for this movie is in January. 
I'm going to take a road trip to Yosemite National Park, the birthplace of the National Park. And Yosemite Sam. And Yosemite Sam. And I'm going to just uh, spend spend like three days getting my mind blown by some nature Holy in the middle mackerel. of the winter. You know what I'm saying? Is it? Does it get cold there? Yes, it snows. It's not bitter, bitter, bitter cold. It's it's probably like okay. Chattanooga winters, but a little colder. Okay, you know. And you're gonna go by yourself. I think I'm gonna go. I think I'm gonna go with some people. I'm gonna invite some people. You know, I, I yeah. ideally some of the crew would want to come. You know, Tara's right. really into outdoor stuff. I mean, I'd love to make it kind of a trip, but I'm going no matter what. If no one wants to come, too bad. I'm going anyway. But you'd like to make it like a team building thing. If if I can, yeah, I think it'd be a blast. Yeah, you know, just go out and spend some time getting our butts frozen. Antidepressed. I mean, apparently it's empty all winter. You know, you get your own personal view of El Cap and the whole valley, and then you go up in the highland. I mean, it, it, just look up some winter pictures of Yosemite. It's well, stupid. El Cap. We we've already talked about it, but that guy Alex Honnold climbed that. You know, to be honest, oh, I'm such a dummy. Of things, ugh. Sorry, I didn't realize that El Cap was in Yosemite. I have no idea mm-hmm. where any of this stuff stuff is out there. It's so insane. It's like how it's like a mile and a half of just straight rock face. Yeah, El Capitan is. Yeah, right. It's, so it's crazy. Um, you know, me and my son watched this that, thing. What, what, what's your What's your feeling on that? Because apparently, I haven't seen the movie. Apparent yeah. free solo. Apparently, the movie. Of course, I haven't seen the movie. Otherwise, we wouldn't be talking about it on the podcast. Yeah, I haven't seen it either. <laughs> um, the 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 movie apparently is somewhat about is this worth the risk? And and right. and the summary that I heard is it's so technical, and he is so good at preparation and he's so good at his craft that in some ways it wasn't that risky because he did it twelve times or something like that with ropes and didn't make a single mistake. And so he's like, I can do this without ropes or something like that. That's fine. But then at the end of the day, still, I just don't know why. And maybe that's right. why I need to watch the movie. But, well, I think, you know, I don't get it. It's the kind of thing. It's like racing. Like, this, that's this guy's passion. And he's going to do it no matter what. And me, me and my son happened to watch uh, the New York Times did a little, like, 10-minute video called What If He Falls? Oh, really? And it was, yeah, it was them interviewing the people that made the documentary. And I didn't know this, but at some, at one point in the climb, there's a really difficult problem. I think they called it the boulder problem, something like Mm. that. And they showed him doing it with ropes on. And it's like, he's, it's treacherous. I mean, Mm. it looks so difficult and he's got a rope and you can see him fall a little bit at one point. This is him practicing before he did it. And uh, they did not want to be there filming it because they thought it was so likely that he would fall right there. So they actually set up remote cameras and all the crew left while he did this, like, I don't know, 10, 20 minute part of the climb. To make it like less traumatizing. Yeah, because can you imagine like you're roped in on this rock face and all of a sudden he's gone and you see him struggling and straining and all of a sudden you just see him slip and fall 100 feet and hit the face and his body gets totally mangled and he just continues to fall and fall and fall. For like three And more scream minutes. the entire way. Yeah. I mean, it would be that horrifying. just terrible. And it's your friend. You know, it would be life-altering to see that. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. Back, back to the original question. Why? You know? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want it. I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. That's not me, which is fine. It doesn't need to be me. I don't know why it's anyone, though. I don't get it. Oh, boy. That sounds intense. Yeah, it's a lot. Hmm. But he proved it could be done. I mean, it's a it's a feat. Like, we're all going to die. That I mean, guy's dude, I went, bouldering. Die. I went bouldering with this friend of mine who works at a production company recently, and we yeah. went to, like, bouldering gym. And, you know, I'm doing the, 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 the zeros and the ones. Yeah. yeah. You know, and... uh the ones, you know, the zeros, I can kind of figure it out first try. The ones, you know, fall, and then I got to try again, and then I get it the second time. The twos mm-hmm. can't even do a two. Right. You know, and I'm in yeah. pretty decent shape. And, uh, you know, an hour in, taking tons of breaks, my hands are just shredded, and I just, right. like, can barely even hold on to a freaking phone. 
these guys are intense. I mean, 10 minutes, 20 minutes being like, I bet there are people who spend most of a day on that one section. You know, I mean, most people do L cap in like, I think two days. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, that's so crazy. Wow. I mean, don't get me wrong. Being, watching people be good at things is fun. I get that. I just, I, I think, I think I have a hard time relating to extreme sports like racing or mountain climbing because part of what's so appealing about movies to me and the way I'm wired is the empathy component, you know, like you, you, well, you make people feel things, you know, you communicate deep things about a reality art, I think specifically is such an incredible tool for um, reaching people and making them feel excited and all that kind of stuff. And it, I guess you get the same thing when you're like watching your sports team win, but it just feels different. And I just love the way that like art is so much about creating empathy and creating deep feelings I don't know. Does that make we sense at all? E- oh, 100%. But we haven't even seen... So not only did this guy do this thing, but it also is a movie now. Yeah, And solo, we haven't yeah. even seen the movie and are mm. already having very strong emotions about it. That's true. You're right. Right? So they, they nailed it. I mean, I saw the trailer and I was like mortified, but also hopeful. I mean, the guy did something so extreme mm-hmm. that it really shows like the the possibility of what humans can do. Cause it's not just the climbing mm. people have climbed that route. He conquered the, the fear of death, the, the nerve, like human idiosyncratic nerves, all the weird stuff that makes us, that tells us to get down, get out of there. He conquered all of that. Yeah. That's cool. You know, and did it in this, um, in this amazing way. Yeah. I think it's awesome, dude. That is pretty cool. All right. All right. All right. All right. You win. <laughs> yes. Everybody go so free go see free solo. We haven't. Um Oh, okay. So So Greta comes. You guys are going to go look at lo- locations. Yeah, we're going to look at some locations. We're going to watch some movies. We're going to go through the script and come up with ideas. Um And she's read this person has read the script. Oh, of course. Yes. Greta okay. props to Greta. Greta was the first person that signed on to the project. Mm. Probably nine months ago. And tell us again what her role is. She is the director of photography. Okay, great. And what has she made that we can look up? She made um, Never Going Back. Oh, um, okay. She's made some shorts. She sure. did two other features this year that are still in post. Um, Yeah, she's done quite a bit. And... Yeah, she's great. But basically, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna go through the script. We're gonna come up with ideas for how to cover stuff. Uh, we're gonna go to the venue so that she can see it. So that, right. Yeah, I mean, I'm interviewing a bunch of people, you know, and all those positions all have sort of different, uh, different requirements, different things I'm looking for. You know, I had a great meeting with an editor who I think I'm gonna I'm gonna co-edit the movie. Uh-huh. Um, so if you do it on film, do you guys have it digitized and then edit it? How does that work? You do. It's called, uh, yeah, they, they basically take really high res photos of each frame. Oh boy. Um, but yeah, we're going to shoot digital, I think. Oh, you are. Okay. Back to sort of the compromises, you know, it's like at the end of the day, you just got to get real. Like, is it, does it make more sense to do digital or it kind of does, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, in this case, yes, but only partly because, Basically, it came down to like we can, yeah, there's different ways to sort of achieve the look I'm going for, and the best bang for our buck is the right lenses effectively. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's, dude, there's, there's a million things to figure out. And then, but music has been a really big thing um, because, you know, there's all these different people kind of helping out, and I'm trying to, trying to weigh some different options and, get some bands. There's a couple bands that I really like that I'm kind of fans of Mm -hmm. that might be available to be in the movie, Mm -hmm. which would be really cool. So I'm trying to figure that out. Um, I don't know. I mean, yeah, it's, it's kind of almost hard to dive in any one specific thing, but, um, 
you're not gonna feel like you're actually like going going till you're shooting right i would imagine yeah i think so it's just interesting you know i i think people think of directing as being on set Mm -hmm. you know and i mean that's part of what that's part of what i love about this podcast is i think everyone gets a real view of you're really building a little company, you know, you're building, it's like we're building a car. Right. You know, Even something like got, finding parking, you mentioned that, like nobody has ever thought of that. Yeah, you got to find right, a place exactly. where a hundred people who are going to come in and out of this place or maybe 50 or 20 or whatever it is, that's still a huge pain in the ass that you have to figure out totally. beforehand. Exactly. And then we got to figure out where they're going to sit. Like I've got to figure out, you know, what chairs are going to sit in when we feed them lunch and what they're, where we're going to feed them, you know, and that's the kind of thing People where have like specific chair. Requests. I'm kind of a, uh, it's got to have a plush bottom. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I'm, yeah, man, it's, it's wild. You know, I'm kind of a glutton for punishment. So like I'm doing probably too much, you know, I, uh, I'd probably, it probably doesn't make sense for me to pr- produce this movie. You know, it pro- I, I don't know how else to do it. Right. Um, but it doesn't really make sense for me to be producing the movie with Tara, especially not without another producer, like without a third producer. But we're both, um, well, we're both kind of control freaks and we both don't want to, we, we you know, we want to do it. Right. And, and I want to produce the movie. I don't want this to be sort of a vanity director producer credit i want to actually because i am a producer i want to produce the movie so that i can direct the movie the way that i want to direct the movie Mm -hmm. um but yeah man it's um i'm not bummed and i'm not overwhelmed yet and i'm not regretting anything but i am highly highly aware of like i said earlier how hard it is to make a good movie how many it's getting and it's only going to get more apparent like the number of decisions that i feel like and 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 again you can make some wrong decisions and as long as enough of them are right it's all a sliding scale there's no such thing as a perfect movie but yeah dude it's how many actors will there be total in the movie or you know approximately speaking roles um yeah hmm Maybe 20. Okay. And how many of those do you have lined up right now? How many actor positions do you have lined up? Guess. I th- I don't know. Zero. 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 When yep. will those get filled? Because isn't that a like critical... I mean, hopefully soon. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, dude. Isn't that like this, one of the most important parts? Yeah. Yeah, it's really important. Are you stressed about that? Should you? Let me ask this. No. Should you be stressed about this? Well, no. I mean, no. Is this usual? Like a lot of the roles we're going to cat. Kinda. It depends on the kind of movie. You know, yeah. sometimes you raise money based, based on, on the actor, cast. Right. See if some of the, ca- but you know, for but the like, type of movie that you're doing, is this? No, uh, no. I'm not freaking out. Okay. Uh, here's here's the thing. If if we didn't have Thanksgiving and Christmas coming up. Yeah. I wouldn't I wouldn't even be feeling any pressure, you know, Um, because most people don't know their schedules that far in advance for a movie like this, you know, because some people will plan their whole year around some big tentpole project that's going to like pay their bills. But this is like you got to kind of work around some stuff. So we're just now getting to the point where it's like crunch time, but it's also tough because. It is crunch time, but we're also not really behind schedule. Like yeah. in a lot of ways, we're actually ahead of schedule, but we still don't have time. That's what's hard about I got you. movies is like, you know what I mean? It's kind of like cooking. Sure. Yeah. You right. know, you want to prep everything you but can But you prep, can't do stuff way in But advance. at the end of the day, no, you, you can't make the turkey three days in advance. Right. You got to make the turkey right before you eat gotcha. it because it's not going to be good three days in advance. It's it, almost everything falls into that category. Okay, I got you. Except for the things like me and Greta hanging out. Yeah, doing the script and whatnot. You know, and there's some stuff that we can prep. Like, um, one thing that'd be really fun is I'm actually going to be producing a table read. Like, I'm going to record and sort of produce a table read nice. of the script. A table read is where you have like different actors come in. Um, you know, maybe we could try to do that when you're in town. Big announcement, by the way. Ooh, John uh-oh. is coming to Los Angeles. Ding, 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 ding. I'm going to come put December. out the wildfires. Yep. We're going to do, John, we should do a live episode. Oh, of course. 
course. It's going to be so fun. Yeah, I'm very oh, excited. Oh, it's going to be so fun. Never really been to LA. I've only been through the airport. Oh, it's going to be a hoot. Oh, man, it's going to be a hoot. We're going to get some banging food. So many tacos. Very So exciting. much Chinese food. Oh, it's going to be a great time. Um, so, yeah, we'll see, man. I mean, it's um the actor thing. <laughs> it's tough. You know, I, I wish... um. Well, I wish I had a casting director, but I also totally understand the situation with Rebecca. And um, I mean, right now, uh, yeah, I'm I'm going down lists and going through movies and making lists of people that I think could be great in various roles. And we have made some offers, but you know, those usually take a while to shake out. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. I don't know if I'm actually stressed. I think. Old old Zay would be flipping his shit right now. Yeah. I think I'm getting you know I'm getting a little better at being kind of zen about these Good. sorts of things. You know I'm I'm realizing it's never really in my control in the first place. So freaking out's not going to do shit. You're also yeah that's so true. I that's a lesson we all need to hear. But also you're in an awesome position, right? You're doing so- no. I'm ahead. Yeah. yeah, you're in a great position. I, I, I'm ahead of most people, and I think I I knew that having built slash run a couple of companies before and also just built and run a bunch of shoots, but specifically really building, like, little companies, right. I feel so much better prepared yeah. than I would have maybe four years ago because I know so much more than I used to about interviewing and sort of how to how – to identify the right people and, running a and business how to and making things work and raising money exactly you know, a ton of stuff yeah from i businesses. mean and and i knew i knew sort of how that would apply on the like high level producing side but i think i'm i'm increasingly aware in a very positive way how that has prepared me to be a director not just a producer but to be a director because when you're a director producer you are i'm gonna be as much as i would like to think that i'm going to take my producer hat off soon i'm not really going to be taking my producer hat off if ever until the shoot you know sure. and um is it going to be hard to switch and again modes? i oh yeah yeah it's gonna be really hard you um, know the other thing that occurs to me is that but you know tara's great shout out to tara tara's super smart because you know i'm on a call with the music supervisor the other day and our post supervisor and and she's kind of like hey guys by the way like starting next week um don't expect like you know you gotta come to Zay with options. You know that's I'm starting to move. A, I'm I'm ideally in the next month, but especially as we move into the shoot, I'm gonna move away from like doing the research, generating the options, and making the choices. Right. Into ideally getting to the point where everyone knows what my vision is, mm-hmm. and their job is to sort of bring me like, do you like this coat or this coat? Right. Do you like this lens or this lens? Do you want to put the camera here or here? And my job is basically to. You sound gut like check. Nero. You're just sitting there. Uh, yeah, exactly. Thumbs like up, every down. single decision. Right. I got, but you know that's the thing is at a certain point you don't have time to do anything. You only have time to basically exercise your taste. Mm-hmm. And that effectively is what becoming a director eventually becomes is like this actor or this actor. And one day my hope is that I will be at a position where I can spend more time doing that and less time sort of self-generating options. Mm -hmm. But it's a great learning experience in the meantime, you know? Yeah. And then it all just comes down to like your creative ability. Right. Right. Because yeah, I mean, and really in my creative, my create, sorry, my creative ability is somewhat measured even in the sense of the culmination of each of those choices and, and what I'm measuring each of them against is do they fit? It's like you're designing a house. Like does this couch work in this house, you know, and you kind of won't know for sure until it's in there, but once it's in there, it's too late. And so you kind of have to just put this whole mosaic together, you know? Yeah. Sounds you were going to say something important. I interrupted you with something no, not I, important. I doubt it, but um, this sounds stressful, my dude, because now it's all on the line, you know? It's all coming together. Yep. I know. But, dude, it's so fun. I'm having a hoot. I can tell. I know. The times that I've talked to you, it sounds like you're extremely excited about this process, and you yeah. should be. I'm really excited. I'm really excited. I, I Again, I think I'm probably excited because I chose not to do this year three years ago. Yeah. You know, I chose to do it now. I think I'm more ready than I would have been. I'm I'm excited because... 
uh, dude, it's starting to freak me out a little bit, but like people, uh, you know, actors have been a challenge. I'm not going to lie. Actors are challenging because, um, their teams, you know, agents and managers, uh, don't make money on projects like this. Yeah. And so it's really hard to get them excited about it. And the actors may be excited about it, but then all of a sudden their teams, and I'm running into this with a totally different project, like their teams are slow, slowing everything down. And so that's been tough, but like in a general sense, all the people I'm dealing with directly, bands and actor, I mean bands and crew positions and partners of various kinds, um, people are, uh, I'm trying to think how to say this. They're, I mean, they're, they're, they're making real, they're getting to the point where it's, it's the rubber's hitting the road. They're spending real time and real resources and, and real money and opportunity cost, um, on this project because they believe in it. And I'm trying to sort of just humbly accept that they, for some reason have decided to bet on this project and not fuck it up, you know. Like I feel like I'm just sort of stewarding this thing, you know. And I, I feel like the guy driving the car a little bit. Like I'm not saying this is as cool as driving a Formula One car, but it is a little bit like it takes like 75 people to design and build this car, but there only is one guy driving it. Yeah. And if that guy makes a wrong move and bumps up to, against another car and they both go flying through the air like 600 feet away and like you know the only thing that's left is the little survival pod that the car is you know what i mean yeah. like it's all on him i i kind of yeah i know it's wild. and in this case you built the car and you're driving it oh boy just wait till you decide yeah, to it's act like a in dirt it track race are you you're oh gonna boy. make a cameo I think I'm, for sure right i think i'll have a cameo yeah yeah because yeah. i like acting you a know? cameo is the lead role just a little cameo. Yeah, I'm gonna play Rufus. Um. Anyway, well, so John, we got a couple weeks till you come out. Oh which my, is just goodness. gonna be an absolute hoot. We got Thanksgiving coming up. Um. You know, this is gonna be a great Thanksgiving episode for people. Are you guys gonna do Thanksgiving out in L.A.? We are. Yeah. Yeah, we're doing it with uh, some family. I hear my family's coming out. Man, oh, that's I awesome. got a busy week. Greta's here. Greta leaves on Tuesday morning. Okay. And Monday late night is when my brother, his wife, their absolutely oh, hideously yeah. adorable baby, yeah. and my parents are all getting here. So I got a busy couple weeks coming That's up. That's so fun. You guys are doing Thanksgiving in L.A. Oh, man, it's going to be an absolute... You going to make a turkey or uh, tacos? Um, yeah, we're going to do a turkey. Yeah, uh, we're going to... Uh, you know what? Taco Thanksgiving actually sounds pretty darn Doesn't good. sound bad. You know what? We should make... We sh- oh, dude, that's a good idea. I'm going to make turkey tacos. homemade flour tortillas with some turkey and some stuffing and some cranberry sauce on a t- as a taco. Yep. How good does that turkey sound? Turkey tacos. Sounds kind of good. Sounds great. Have you ever made homemade tortillas? They are a delight. I have tried, but I don't easy. have a tortilla press, so they never oh, turn out great. you got to have the press. Yeah, yeah you, you got to have the press. You should- John, John, guess what I'm going to get you for your birthday? Uh, tortilla press, a puppy. <laughs> Didn't see that one oh, coming, did you? Big switcher. You always guess wrong. The big switcher. So I'm gonna get you a tortilla press, bro. You're gonna love Here's it. The you know thing, what's though, also about a tortilla? Seems frivolous though. Yeah, because okay, tortillas are like a penny. Yeah, but they're so much better when you make them at home. Are they for dude? real? Be for real. Are they really? Oh, so different. If I go down to the Mexican grocery store. And, and get some dry ass corn tortillas. Yeah, bro. Okay. All right. Oh, way better. All right. I go to my favorite taco place. Dude, I'm getting t- – you know what? Greta and I, this place Tacos. is um, one block from the venue. It's called Home State. John, we're going to Home State when you come I out here. I can't wait. Texas-style tox- tacos. Ooh. Not Mexican-style. Texas-style. Um, So it's more like uh, they, they've got homemade flour tortillas. Dude, you've never had anything like these things. They're incredible. I can't wait. But, um, and as a true American, tortillas, yeah, dude, I'm totally going to try different. Texas tacos over Mexican tacos. Well, Duh. we'll get some Mexican tacos, too. Hey, we'll also get yourself, some, buddy. some pupusas. We'll get, we'll get the whole – we'll run the gambit. But um, what I was going to say, though, John, is another seemingly frivolous cooking tool yeah. that I actually enjoy, although I don't eat a ton of meat anymore. But when I was eating more, um, a burger press – 
Really? Seems ridiculous because normally you're just like, oh, just push it out yourself. Yeah. No, but like it, you, you just it just makes it so much easier to make this perfectly flat burger. And then little cooking trick out there. This is a we're gonna. You want to do uh, wrap the episode up with a quick episode of cooking with John and Zay. It's almost Thanksgiving. We've got to cooking with John and Zay. Ding. Hey, it's your it's. Mm. It's your, uh, it's your host, uh, it's your host Zay, uh, with, uh, with, uh, who, who, uh, we're, we're cooking. We're cooking now. Cooking with John. Cooking with John and Zay. John, what do you, you got, oh, I was gonna give a tip. Uh, uh the burger tip, the burger tip. You, you put a little divot, uh, uh, imagine you've got a golf ball. You could mm. even use a golf ball. Mm. You, you, but I don't know why you would. You use your fingers. Spray it. You make a divot right in the middle of the burger. Right before you put it on the grill, you put a little Worcestershire sauce, like a thumb-sized divot. Uh, yeah, like like maybe, yeah. You could use the the pad of your thumb, or you could use like two tips, two thumb tips. Gotcha. You know, okay. but I'm talking like um quarter-sized divot. Okay. And uh, you 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 make it about halfway down the 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 depth of the burger. Gotcha. You do that right before because what happens, you know, everybody knows this. Burgers they shrink up because yeah. the fat drips off. Yep. They shrink up. They get too. T- they get too top top domey. Mm-hmm. They get domey. You know what I'm talking 100%. about. One hundred percent. This keeps the juices flowing, and, and and then all the juices fall off. This creates a little well where the juices flow into the divot and stay on the meat longer. Wonderful. And then when you take the burger off, it's flat. It's not domey. Excellent, because the top puffs out, but it's already pushed down, so it's flat. Very good. That's a great precisely, yeah. Great cooking, John. This has been this is about a great episode of cooking with John. I always get the fattiest uh, chuck you can get to. You know, you get like Mm, if you go to the store and you buy, it's like twenty percent fat, eighty twenty. Yeah, you want to get you got to go eighty twenty. You can't go too lean, or you get a dumb burger. It's not even good. Yep, Yep. and I I put some. You know, indoor burgers though. Oh, baby. Indoor burgers, John, mm-hmm. a buttery burger cooked on a cast iron skillet. It's not bad. Oh, baby, it's not bad at all. Nope. Okay. Well, John, I got to go meet Greta. Yeah. We're going to do some scouting. Dude, this is an exciting week. I wish um, I wish I could just take – I wish I could take, take, take the podcast with I me. I think you what know? you need but, to do, though, is um, you need to take some pictures – like I'd like of the venue. Yeah, I'd like to see a picture of like you and Greta in the venue. Mm, good idea. Make it like make it. it happen. Even if you just send it to me. Okay. No, no, no. I'm gonna post it. All right, um, John. This has been a real hoot. This is, I guess, we'll do it that way for all you who didn't know. <laughs> they clicked who on. It. I mean, come on. This looking. is not the radio. They're no, not stumbling across this. Hey, I'm here with John Schimpf, and uh, this is, I guess, we'll do it that way. We're top of the hour. Let's go to the traffic. We're gonna report. do the traffic in L.A. and Chattanooga. Traffic's a shit show out here, John. <laughs> All twenty-seven uh, people on the highway here are just doing fine. Yeah, my old car. My old car's breaking down. Uh, Back in Philly, like I'm sure it's like down. this in L.A. I haven't lived in a big city yeah. since I was a kid, but. Um, they have like the traffic helicopter and all this stuff, like the oh, guy reporting yeah. from up there, you know. Called Google Maps, guys. Yeah, true. I guess that doesn't. Does that exist anymore? <laughs> Do you guys have like a? I think it does, dude. Oh, John, I heard the worst ad the other day. Hulu has the worst ads. Hulu is where advertising goes to die. Oof. They put all the shittiest commercials up there. Anyway, there's a local commercial for the eleven o'clock news, and it was like. Oh no, I wish I could remember the exact verbiage. It was so awful. It basically the entire sales pitch for staying up it said don't it said it said like stay up late cuz we're here with the weather. Oh, <laughs> it's boy. like two two weather reports and more investigations. Stay up till 11. It's like uh yeah, I don't think so. I'm either going to stay the up or I'm not. On but your you... phone to turn the TV off, you know, is what you did. Yeah, so that I can go to. Bed. But if you're it my, if you're bitch. like my grandma, you're like, oh, I only have to wait up 45 more minutes to hear what's going to happen tomorrow in the weather, you know? Yeah, and then they'll be wrong. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Anyway, John, it's been real. We'll talk soon. It's been a hoot. Talk to you soon. Bye. Oh, John. By the yeah. way, um, speaking of the end of episodes. Yeah. I left you a little Easter egg at the end of the last episode. You're going to love it. Really? Oh, no. 
Oh, oh yeah. Geez. It's not you singing because that's there too, oh, but it's geez. right after we sing. Oh, dude, it's hysterical. Oh, it's the best ending of an episode we've had yet. It's so awkward. I love it. Oh, boy. I'd shudder. I love it. Don't take it too personally. I... It's funny. <sighs> it's sweet. It's sweet, John. All right. Oh, boy. I'm already <laughs> embarrassed. So I'm already much. embarrassed. <laughs> John's pissed. Uh, no, I'm certainly not. Uh, I don't, I'm not pissed. I'm embarrassed. Oh, don't be embarrassed, John. You know, Think of a all little, the embarrassing things I've well, done. Well, you know, a little embarrassment is good for people. You know, I, I think it is, too. That's why I left it in. Oh, gee whiz. Well, you know, is it me urinating in a can? Because that's not embarrassing. It's going to have to oh, be better no. than that. Oh, it's it's not even that embarrassing. It's just sweet and cute. Oh, boy. All right. Talk soon. All right. Talk to you. Bye. Bye. All righty, then. That concludes another episode, another meandering episode of I Guess We'll Do It That Way. This week's show was edited by your very own Uncle Johnny Bear. Big shout out to Uncle Johnny Bear. Produced by me, Isaiah Smallman. Opening music is The Get Down by Summer Dregs. Closing song is The Man From Nowhere by Tom Paulus and Max Bells. Cover art by Nate Giordano. This has been a production of Mama Bear Studios. It's your boy!